0: 778, the book of Micah, starting at chapter 4, page 778. <laughs> it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it, and many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jer- Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and shall decide for strong nations far away. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore, but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all the peoples walk, each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks to you, God. <laughs> Start with the ending. It's the best way to begin. Well, some of you are chuckling because you realize I absolutely un- and unapologetically ripped that line off from uh, David Wilcox, who was the star of our Stack House show on Friday night, and if you're able to, to come, you not only heard that song, but you heard the story underneath that. It's a song about human relationships, and his point is that. The best way to have a real relationship is to just go ahead and start by breaking up. Go ahead and get the real issues out now. The ones that that are normally in relationships. And then put those foundational issues on the table and then move forward. Know what this is really all about. Know what you're really getting into. What really awaits you. Start with the ending. It's the best way to begin. Now, interestingly, Advent, this season that the church has uh, celebrated for um, centuries, it's, it's these four weeks before Christmas. That's exactly what we're doing. Because you see, interestingly, the best way to understand Christianity, it's history, it's message of forgiveness, it's moral teachings, it's hope. All of what Christianity is, the best way to understand the fullness of the Christian message is to start where it all ends. To look at where it's all heading. To look at where God will finally bring all of his creation to. And only when we start at the end of the story and almost look backwards through it, do we understand what Christianity is really all about. And you see, in our reading, so, so what we do at Advent is we look forward, not just for the first coming of Christ, but we look towards and we prepare ourselves for when Christ comes back, when Christ comes back. And, of course, last week I talked about the reality of the judgment of that. Um, if you want to hear that, we've got our sermons on, online. But, you see, it's not just about repentance, is it, especially for those of us who, by God's grace, Are made his. Are made Christians. For us this day of Christ coming back. Is not a day of dread. Or a day of fear. But a day of incredible joy. And hope. And life. And so what we have in our reading. Is the prophet Micah. Approximately 500 years before Jesus. uh, Yeah before Jesus Christ is born. Gives us a glimpse. Of the future That God has for us a future promise to his people. And I want to start this actually by doing something strangely strange for for me. And that's start with the application. Why Why are we looking at this? Why are we focusing on the end time? How is this good news for us sinners right now in this place? Well, the simple answer is this. Many of us in this room, certainly me, certainly me, need encouragement to carry on day to day. Does my life really mean anything? Are all these sacrifices worth it? Is there any real joy and love at the end of this story? Is all of this going somewhere or are we just trying to fool ourselves and death will come and destroy us and take it all away? Is life just a series of disappointments and losing loved ones? Well, if like me, you're asking yourself these questions, Micah has good news for us. And we're going to walk through this as we see that. So what is this good news well, there are multiple points here. I'm going to go through as, and, and as always, I love it when you follow through with our scripture. Yeah, it's it's on the screen, but the formatting up here kind of blocks it out, right? Um, if you would turn to page 778, um, look at your friends. You've all had your flu shots, right? So it's going to be okay. You're not going to get sick. I promise. Um, don't hold me to, to it, but 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 I promise. Um, but what we have here is and of course, if you've heard this last week, we're just going to start where we ended last week, where uh, verse 12 right above um, in uh, chapter three, right above four, one. Uh, this is the last word of judgment that that uh, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins and and the house and, and the mountain of the house, a wooded height. Mountain of the house being the mountain upon which the temple is built. Words of, of, of destruction. Utter despair. Is there any hope? Well, look at verse 1 of chapter 4. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. So we go from total destruction to total restoration. Restoration. And you see, the good news that's here is not just a total restoration, it's the promise. It shall come to pass in the latter days. These things will happen. This is not wishful thinking on Micah's part. This is a promise of our God. And if you know anything about promises, you know that they matter all the time, but they especially matter. When something is incredibly important. You now You all have very important things in my world. This church is, is, is an important thing. And part of that, part of what, what we do, of course, are these stack shows. And if you're able to make it on, on Friday night, you know what a tremendous blessing that, that they are. They're a really important part of what we do. But there's a multitude of details that goes into them. So many, I actually have a a list, right? And here's some some of the samples of of my list that gives you a sense of just my neuroses, but that's a different topic for a different time. Get the insurance writer, get the hand sanitizer for all the portalettes, right? Batteries for flashlights, Christmas lights to light the stairs. Where's the sign placement? I drew a little map, you know, to show where the signs go. Charge and bring the cordless drill to disassemble the upstairs bench. Bring wasp spray. We learned that lesson the hard way. And my favorite one, and if I forget it, the whole show's off. Spider killer, because Shane Williams hates spiders. Yeah. <laughs> but every one of those are vital. And Shane and his volunteer team are so phenomenal. And they make a promise. Hamilton, we've got it. We've got it this is an incredibly busy season of life for me and ministry and academic work and all these things. And so the beauty is, is that I get to trust this promise. And because I know the trustworthiness of the people involved. There's rest. There's comfort. There's a joy that knows that that those who are trustworthy will do that which they promise to do. For the glory of all. And if that's true of us sinners, this is a small little example, right? But it points towards something greater. If that's true of us sinners, then how much more is it true of our good Savior and Lord All that you hear today, all that comes after verse one, I want you to listen, not as this is what we hope happens. This is what we must work very hard to make happen. But this is what the Lord promises will happen for those of us, those sinners in this room, me included, who by God's grace take shelter underneath his wings. So with that overview that all that's coming next is promised and will come to pass for believers. Hear this good news. Verse two. And peoples shall flow to it. Actually back up in verse one. And people shall flow to this mountain. And many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. That he may teach us his ways. That we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law or the truth of God. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 2 tells us an incredibly comforting future thing, doesn't it? That there will be a day where God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is as he truly is and is known, will be recognized by the whole world as the true God. And people from all nations will stream to him for truth. And you see, there's so many things to say here because whether you're a Christian or not, there's a deep desire in us, a good desire, a right desire for unity. Y'all know those bumper stickers, you know, they've got the religious symbols and they say, you know, peace and coexist in tolerance. Well, my heart is actually first. I'm incredibly sympathetic to what's motivating them. It's not just, it's, it's not simply rebellion against God. There's, there's an echo of the image of God in that desire. Divisions between people, between races, between classes, between cultures should trouble us. We should never be satisfied until humankind has been truly united as one. You you don't teach that. You feel that, right? You feel that. Now, of course, I differ from those bumper stickers. Because scripture says so. And how real peace and coexistence and tolerance happens. Because, you see, they say it's by minimizing our faiths, by simply, you know, and, and actually, if I were going to pick on it, what I would pick on is coexist doesn't ask enough. It's not hungry enough. It compromises. Coexist is, well, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we just won't bother each other. But does that satisfy the deep longing of our heart for us all, for all the divisions to be melted away and for us to be one glob of loving people? No. It's a compromise. And you see, what our scripture says is something even more beautiful. It says it's only by bringing everyone into the loving truth of who God really is in the person of Christ. At worst, other religions are satanic distractions. At best, they're mankind's attempt that's ultimately fulfilled. In Jesus Christ. They point towards the truth of Christ. One of the greatest joys. Certainly of our church. And if you've been part of these experiences. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't. You want to be part of these. But of course as we walk with our. Brothers and sisters in Christ. From Greater Goodwill AME Church. A historically African American church. We come together the you know, last year, the, the Lord crammed us in twice, right? One, because this facility was closed. The other time because of the ice storm. But in that, we saw a glimpse of heaven. A joy where all of the divisions of race and class and, and ethnicity and history are stripped away. And we share one true truth The only true truth. And that is the love of Jesus Christ for us sinners. And just as a side note, I've been getting a lot of of phone calls about, you know, is it is this space going to be closed on the 23rd and the 30th? You know, those two Sundays because, frankly, we really want to go worship at Quaker Goodwill Amy again. Right. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, we are going to be open, but still go worship with them. They're our brothers and sisters. We love them. But you see, whether it's a current desire or a future desire or a hidden desire for all of these divisions which separate people. And you see it getting worse and worse and worse. The good news of the scripture is God will make a day where we will all truly be one. And when that happens... It will look like this. Look at verse three and four. Or, or three, yeah, three and four. And he shall judge between the peoples, God, and shall decide for strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nature. Neither shall they learn war no more. But they but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and no one shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Once that unity comes, once Christ comes back and all of all of the divisions which evaporate from us, we will finally know what it means to live at peace with our brothers and sisters We won't need to fight each other anymore. We won't need to live in fear with each other anymore. If the late 20th century, early 21st century has been marked by any emotion, it is fear. Fear of Islam, fear of the drug trade, fear of all kinds of things, fear of terrorism. And unfortunately, the entire history of the world has been one of constant strife and defense. But even now, we are in the midst of the longest war going on. It's over 20 years now, isn't it? In American history, battling and defending one nation, one culture even, for 20 years. We all we, we need to fortify our schools because of fear. We read in the paper where even town halls of little towns like the Isle of Palms are trying to get armed guards. We live in constant fear. We can never rest. We can never, I love the imagery here, shall just sit underneath the vine of our own house. And not be afraid of somebody taking what we have away from us. If that's you, if you're honestly struggling with deep fear of your fellow man, you want peace to come. The promise that our Savior has is we will look forward to a day, and there will be a day where we won't study war anymore, and where true peace will come to this world. God will arbitrate among the peoples. And we can enjoy our lives in security. That's what the new heaven and the new earth will look like for us when Christ comes back. So, where do we end with this? For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all the people's walk, each in the name of its God. But we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God forever and ever. What happens now is Micah brings us from this vision of the future of all people being unified, of war being ended, of true peace and love and prosperity being rooted in the world, the new heavens and the new earth forever and ever. No more tears, no more death, no more sadness, no more depression no more anxiety, no more loneliness. And now we can walk forward in this life knowing that these promises will come to pass. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the future that our Savior has won for us. And not even your greatest sin can grab your future out of his hands. He has assured it for you. Do not focus, brothers and sisters, on the troubles and the heartaches and the sadness of this day. Sad they are, but they will not overcome us. If you are distraught this day, stay focused on the future. Live this day faithful to the Lord and his promises, not because that earns you this salvation, but because this salvation has already been earned for you. And now we can live out of this truth. How many of us know people who are living and their whole reality is the darkness of their present moment, of their present life? Maybe it's their physical darkness of injury. Maybe it's their spiritual darkness. Maybe it's their emotional darkness of depression or anxiety or a sense of incredible failure. Whatever it is, every single one of us have friends who are living in darkness and think that the future is only more darkness, more death, more failure, more rejection, more loneliness. Well, what Micah calls us to do. Is walk in the name of the Lord, our God. And in walking, we not only lift up our heads. And know that the Lord has secured a future for us. But we bring others in. We bring others in. The reason why our forefathers, um, our Christian forefathers who evangelized Northern Europe and evangelized England. Why they made Christmas Day sort of the, why they used a pagan holiday is to show pe- people that Christ is the true light. He's the one that lights up the darkest of days, brings the most hope that though it's the darkest moment right now, there will be a spring. There will be a future and there will be an eternal summer for all sinners who rest in Christ Jesus. Who do you know that needs to know that hope? Who do you know that needs to to know that this world ends in joy and life for all of those who follow Christ? So we've begun it. So we've begun at the end because it's the best place to, to start. And now walk in love. Go out. Share the good news of the gospel. Bring people into the light of Christ and start with yourself first. And this is the good news of the gospel for us sinners indeed. Amen.